This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, it's all going well at Dens, will it last? Will we see a different United post-split? And can we have fans at Hamden for Euro 2020? Hello, I'm Callum Woodger and welcome to another edition of Twa Teams One Street. I've got half of the full team back with me this week. I'm joined by Graham Finnan. Hello everyone. And we are also joined by the Greenock Telegraph's Chris Dodds. How you doing mate? Not bad mate, back again. They just play Morton too much mate to be honest, got to get you back in and, and give us a lowdown but unfortunately we've not been able to get George to join us this week. He's just back from his holiday, he's moved house and he's having some internet difficulties and in these coronavirus times that is a major problem for doing things like this on podcasts um but it was great to have lee wilkie and steve finnan on last week they were they were great but we've got the a team back now young dodge is here and we're going to start with dundee bear looking back to saturday first of all we'll get on to the the league action but in the cup against st johnston the dark blues went down one nil guy melamed with the goal dundee actually played quite well maybe could have got more out of the game taking it to extra time and, and perhaps even have got through to the next round if they'd if, if it'd been on a, another day sort of thing. I think they, they acquitted themselves really well, Callum. I mean, James McPake said that they probably deserved to win the game. I might not go as far as that, but they certainly didn't deserve to lose the game, put it that way, and the opportunities were there for them to get something. Um, obviously, they had the disallowed goal in the second half, uh, Danny Mullen. I believe that he, I, I haven't seen it clearly, but I believe that he was maybe slightly offside um, when the ball was played in. There was certainly there wasn't any infringement on Xander Clark. Xander Clark basically dropped the ball and got away with one, went through his legs and Mons poked it into the net. But the, the strange thing was the linesman didn't seem to put his flag up instantly, you know. So that was a bit disappointing. And they get a golden opportunity to get back in the game, um, and you would have you would have put your mortgage on on Charlie Adam, you know, getting a pass. Xander, but to be fair to Xander Carter, it was a decent save. It was down low, and he got he got a, he got a glove to it, and it's off the post, and it's back in his in his hands. And yeah. St Johnston are away up the road with a victory, and I've got to say, Saints have been carrying a wee bit of luck this season, and I, I, and I think uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's, 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 there's no sour grapes here. Sometimes you need that, but they've certainly they've certainly carried that, and you need that to get to, to what they've done. They're, they're a decent side. Um, they've obviously won won the league cup, but. I always think that luck evens itself out, and given what St. Johnston have done this season, they're, they're going to be in for a stinker next season. I was, I was suspect. I mean, they're going to have everything going against them. But no, fair play to St. Johnston. They, they are masters at grinding out clean sheets and, and victories, and they're really, they're in the heart for the next round, and that's all that really matters. But Dundee, Dundee performed well on the day. You know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a sort of as if St. Johnston dominated. They got Dundee got caught with, with a long ball up the park for the opening goal, obviously. Uh, Liam Fontaine got caught underneath the ball and then allowed it to come across across the box and uh, yeah. uh, I think it was Stevie May that put it across and Guy Melamed who who I quite like I mean I've seen him a few times this season and uh, yeah he, he looks like a, a real decent player he seems to be getting the, the, the short end of the wedge at St Johnston he got taken off I think in the second half and you can see he wasn't very happy with it but he got in front of uh, Lee Ashcroft and, and poked it home and uh, that's all that matters in the cup getting your name in the heart for the next round so well done well done to St Johnson, but it wasn't a disappointing, uh, a disappointing performance from Dundee. Dundee could take positives from that one. Yeah, hundred percent. I was at the game, and I think James McPake's um, sort of anger and, and bemusement was more with the call initially looking like it was given for a foul on uh, Xander Clark when the far side linesman put his flag up, uh-huh. and then it was kind of quickly changed to offside, and 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 James McPake was sort of suggesting or not suggesting he was just blatantly saying that the officials were guessing um the calls and he <laughs> felt a bit sort of aggrieved by that um which you can you can sort of understand because on the replay it is hard to tell um whether Danny Mullen is offside it's definitely not a foul I think you know Xander Clark sort of just fumbles the ball and it it spills and you know Mullen's got a tap and takes it well he's got that predatory instinct that every good striker has and um yeah Charlie Adam <laughs> should have scored that penalty I think just didn't quite get enough purchase on the ball, uh, enough power behind it. I don't think the pitch helped as well. It was quite bobbly. I think the ball kind of bobbled up into Xander Clark's grasp and then he had to recapture it as well after it hit the post. So, um, fine lines, I think. It didn't really go in these way that day. But um, after the game, James and Pick was saying as well, the challenge for them is then to to take that into the league 
um, and and that good performance against a really strong Premiership team, and and going a wee run, and they they definitely uh, started that well on Tuesday night uh, against Ayr down at Somerset Park, a three 0 win, all the goals coming in the second half, the last twenty two minutes, in fact, um, Max Anderson getting another goal, Jonathan Afalabi and Paul McGowan Bear scoring an absolute mm-hmm. fab. Fantastic team goal. Um, what was your assessment of that performance? Dundee's best of the season so far, perhaps? Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to my going goal uh, in a minute. But um, no, I wouldn't say it was the best performance of the season, but it was a vital win. Um, I, I'm sure at the start of the week before the St. Johnston game, if you, if you set the James McPake, you, you'll get two wins from the next three games. And managers would always say, oh, no, I'll take three wins. But I mean, if he was given two wins, it would have been... The game against Ayr last night and the game coming up on Saturday against Morton because it's far more important that you know they get themselves into the, into the top position in the league or the second top in the playoffs position yeah. for the league. And last night, I mean, obviously there were there were some terrific goals, um, but you've got to give credit, I think, once again to you know Dundee's defensive display because what they're doing now, Callum, is they're they're looking far far more secure in games. They're giving teams very little opportunities. Adam Legsden's. Uh, had another clean sheet, but over the course of the 90 minutes, he didn't really have that much to do. He's been protected really well by the guys in front of him, Ashcroft and Fontaine, who are winning um, big headers in the box. He had put a few balls in the box, but the, you know there was a Dundee player's head that were inevitably on the end of him. And if you do that mm-hmm. over the course of uh, the 90 minutes, you give yourself a platform because the game was... It was I thought maybe Dundee had a slight edge, but it really was Eeksy Peaksy up, up to six, 60 minutes, you know. Um, on a difficult, I mean, although you see grass on the parks now, it's 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 that time of year where it is, it's <laughs> you know it's it's been quite dry over the last the last fortnight or so, and the parks are actually quite bobbly, so it's, it's a difficult surface to to play on. It's an even harder game to watch when the quality of the United streams so bad as well, Bear. Well, I was, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and uh, <laughs> I feel I feel sorry for anyone who had to pay for the stream, me, <laughs> and, and quite a few other Dundee fans, um, because it must be. The purest stream I've seen all season, apart from the other game against the at Somerset Park, it should have known better. <laughs> but it's like a guy just standing on a stepladder with an, uh, an Amstrad camera, and you know, it's it's, it's it's pitch level view, and and you know the players all look tiny. And but apart from that, the main thing was from a Dundee perspective and from a Dundee fans perspective, Dundee Dundee got got the result, and uh, you know it was great to see. Uh, as I say, it was I was built on the foundation of a solid defensive display. Um, tidy in the midfield. Max Anderson again, who I don't, I don't think was having one of his best games, but the lad he's got, I mean, for a young lad, I'm not sure how many goals that he's got now, Carl. Must be five or six this season. Uh, he's, yeah. he's flying. I think, yeah. it's only, I think it's only four, but I is think, it four, is it? I yeah, think well, um, in the last kind of few weeks, he's really hit form and, and that's that's maybe why he's got four um, yeah. goals, but that's, you know, that's in the last yeah. couple of months he's got all those goals. Uh, I mean, I, I, Dundee, I mean, I thought Dundee were were looking the more likely, but just before Dundee scored, Aidan had their probably their best chance, and I think it was uh, a substitute that came substitution that came on substitute. Sorry, Tom Walsh, and for some reason he get he gets in the open and he's only about eighteen yards out, and he's you know it's just there's no one between him and Legsdens, and he he tries to pass it right for some reason uh, left, I should say. And he allows Christy Elliott to get back, and then Dundee go to the park and get that opening goal. Great turn and, sh- and swivel shot into the top corner. Um, I'd like to tell you about Jonathan Afalabi's goal, but unfortunately, <laughs> as the coronavirus world we live in, I don't, I, I, I don't think it was anything to do with Air United. I've got to say, but I had the donut of death, the buffering signal, and all I saw was Dundee in the box. And then when it came back on, it was everybody congratulating Afalabi for his goal. And from that point on, Dundee controlled the game. Um, Jim McPate was was able to bring on a couple of subs. He's a good substitution to bring on, obviously. Sean Byrne um, in the middle of the park. Yeah, he controlled the game, didn't he? he really dictated the tempo after that. Yeah, point. he looks. Uh, I mean, he, he's been. He must be really disappointed not to be in the team. But that, that's a good position for James McPake to be in. You know, have to have that sort of quality yeah. on the bench. Yeah, Charlie bench, Adam. Bench Charlie Adam. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what the thinking was behind that. Um, you know, Charlie's missed a few weeks with you know the coronavirus scare, and that maybe just a bit off the pace at this point in time. Um, and again, I would say he's not at his age. You know, you shouldn't be looking to Charlie Adam to play. 90 minutes of every game. But Dundee are now showing they're no one-man team. I think at the start of the season, you were, you were looking for Tyler Adam to do everything, you know, get goals, shots at the goals, create chances. Well, they're, you know, they're nothing like that now. You've, you've got, you know, the introduction of McMullen, 
Um, you're looking at guys like sort of McDade coming back and looking like the player that we saw at Air United before he came to Dundee. You know, he looks far better on the ball. He's not he, he's not giving the ball the way away nearly as much as he used to. He's got a good understanding with Jordan Marshall left back. He, he links up well with McMullen, and you've got the plus Jonathan Afalabi coming on last night as well. And, and he looked he looked back on it yeah. for a while. Jonathan Afalabi was coming on and was doing as I say, you've seen you're a substitute. What you've got to do is to get yourself in the team. You've got to go on and make an impact in the game. You've got to do something. And too often, certainly in Jonathan Afalabi's case, he was coming on. He wasn't doing anything that would, would, would give McPick a headache. Well, he's done that last night. He showed good touch. He held the ball well. He's got his goal. So, you know, he's put himself certainly in the picture. And I've left the best for last because we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about Paul McMullen's uh, Paul McMullen. goal. Uh, quite, uh, Paul McMullen, sorry. Paul, Paul McMullen. Uh, well, I better not better let Paul McGowan hear me saying that because he'll be honest. <laughs> but uh, Paul McGowan, sorry, Gowser. Um, but what a sensational goal it was. I mean, great build-up play. I mean, by this point in time, I've got to be fair to Air United and say that the game was over. There was five minutes left and Dundee were, were knocking the ball about quite merrily. Um, but there was there must have been at least a dozen passes leading up to it. And it's typical Paul McGowan. I mean, the, the, I think it was uh, McDade might have rolled the ball across to him and he's about 20 yards out on the angle. And he, he hits it with it. He lets the ball come across him and hits it with it outside his right foot and lobs it, curls it over the top of the alienated keeper and right into the top corner. I mean, it was a sensational stick. If you ever try anything like that, be careful because you could end up falling flat on your face. <laughs> you know, real honestly, it's so difficult. He's, Paul, Paul McGowan scored a goal not dissimilar to that against Arbroath at Dens earlier in the season. I'm not sure if you were at that game, Callum, but... Uh, it was a similar sort of thing where he likes to yeah, get the wee, he likes he, the wee dinks. You he know, likes that even just even just passing the ball without saying yeah. he likes doing that. He's, he, it's not one of those things he's, he's doing it to look flashy. He does it because he's good at it and it's effective yeah. and he, he proved that yeah, um, it was, on it was Tuesday fan- night. It was a fantastic, what a fantastic strike. And I've got to say, I mean, even I wouldn't have looked out of place in last night's Champions League games. Although <laughs> Chrissy tells me that uh, Todorov scored a couple of worldies uh, for Inverness Cali last night. So I'll need to have a look at that in case I'm doing him a disservice. But all in all, a great, a great performance, or a great three points. It is a great performance from Dundee. You go down to Somerset Park, and they were due United one because United had beaten them twice this season. Yeah, beat them comfortably twice. So, great result for Dundee, and it sets them up nicely now. Um, they're in a really strong position in the league. They've got obviously they've got Morton at Dens. No disrespect to Chrissy, but it'll be one they'll be looking to get three points in. And if they can do that, they're going to make it very difficult for, I would say, the likes of Dunfermline to go beyond them. If they can go up to the 39-point mark, you know, with, with four games left, Dunfermline, I think, well, what are Dunfermline on just now? 31 points. Dunfermline would need to win three of their last uh, four, no, they've only got five games left, so it would be, they would have to win, yeah, three of their last five games to go past them. And that's a tall order at this stage of the season. So, yeah, yeah good good night's work for, for Dundee and they're, they're, they're moving in the right direction. Jim Pick must be really chuffed. Yeah, Dodsey, I mean, we're speaking there about Dundee's game coming up at the weekend against Morton. You also watched Morton uh, taking on Inverness on Tuesday night. Um, I think Inverness probably looked like a team that Dundee maybe have to worry about coming up behind them. They're now level, of course, with with Wraith in second. Dundee, um, number one, should they be worried about Inverness? And number two, um, how easy is Morton going to be on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Inverness look a totally different team from the last time I've seen them anyway. Uh, I think Neil McCann's got them really well drilled and organised and, and playing a playing in a system that, that suits them. Uh, they were playing a, a 4-2-3-1 uh, with Allardyce and Scott Allen sitting with Story, McGregor and Daniel McKay in front of them and having Scott Allen complimenting Scott Allardyce with them two just sitting and then interchanging was was just so nice to watch. Like, they were they were passing the ball about for they were keeping the ball for fun. Yeah. And then you've got two well obviously Miles Stories are he's, he's he's a gazelle, he's just he just runs and runs and runs. Whilst Daniel McKay's a, a really frightening prospect on, on the opposite wing and he'll give I think he'll give most teams any trouble on his day. And then Roddy McGregor coming in as well and and, and doing really well there. He was you play him in that if you if you, if he's playing in the hole and he's on the half turn, not many players are going to stop him. And uh, I think coming up against Morton, the first the first half hour on Tuesday night was was pretty was pretty even. Both teams were kind of sussing each other out, and then Agent McGinn does an absolute 
turn for for Morton and, and Lance McAdams right in it. Where when there was the four defenders were sitting, sorry, the five defenders were, were sitting free, and he decides to to volley the ball back to Aidan McAdams for just outside the centre circle, and of course he puts too much on it. Aidan McAdams needs to start wondering if it's going to go in, and he's running back towards goal. He heads it clatters the post in the process and then catches the ball for the referee to give an indirect free kick and then for there the night just got worse and it was it was just defensive def- defensive mistakes and a real lack of quality all over the park really done them former uh, former St Murn man Stephen McGinn doing his best to get Morton relegated I like to I like <laughs> to hear that I like to see that um, but yeah you know tough tough night for for Morton they're, they're in the, the relegation playoff spot at, at, at the bottom now Chris, um, both teams will be absolutely scrapping for the three points at Dens on Saturday. And then, of course, Dundee do have a really tough run in after that. They've got three away games, Dunfermline, Inverness and Queen of the South and also Wraith at home. So it's games against teams who are vying for the playoffs in and around them. Um, that they need to be winning. They, and they need to be winning and they need to start that against Morton on Saturday, but they're not going to go down easy. Uh, well, I mean, you'd like to, <laughs> you'd like to think that um, Gus had given them a rocket. After that on Tuesday, because it was just it was just embarrassing. Like it was, it wasn't good at all. Um, who's due a goal for Dundee? Bear, do you do you have any input on who's due a goal? John Kennedy's due a goal. Well, um, no, we've got scorers all over the park at Dens at the moment. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see uh, De- uh, Declan McDade as 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 one of these guys who's gone close. Quite, he's done he's done well in the games, but he tends to every time he cuts inside, he either deflects off Sunday or, or it ends up in the stand or something like that. So yeah, I would like to see him getting a goal just to just to go with his performances. I think it would really sort of set him up. I think I think I think coming up against Morton would be would be good for him considering it's his local team. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he's I think he's the noon right. native, so. Uh, and there was, I think he spent a wee bit of time at Morton earlier on in his career, and uh, in this kind of game as well, obviously Morton will want to do anything but get beat because if you're going to get beat at this time when you're when you're based, Morton needs snookers now if they want to get out of the relegation playoff space. Space, I think, because mm-hmm. the goal difference is taking a hammering after that on Tuesday, and it, it was it's really left them with a, a, a mountain to climb. So uh, they seem to think that two wins will be enough to keep them up and. I, I just I don't think that's going to be the case anymore, um, and I don't see them. They've, they've only won back to back games once this season, and I don't really see them doing it any time soon. There you go. It's incredibly tight in the championship, but uh, it's obviously not tight enough that 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 Morton can afford to give Declan McDade a goal already ahead of Saturday. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, um, just on on Dundee, Bear James McPake. He's, he, he was speaking after after the air game on Tuesday night about. Um, you know the, the comments, uh, disrespectful comments. It was that were made by by uh, air manager David Hopkins about his side and and how that had his team fired up. And I think fired up's a good way to describe the way Dundee have been looking for the last wee while. They they look really like they're ready um, for the fight to make it into the playoffs to finish second. And I guess you know you've got to give a lot of credit to James McPake because it didn't seem like it was it was going to go that way for a while. Mm-hmm. It looked like he was maybe going to. You know, be, be 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 looking down the, the kind of barrel of a gun yeah. for a wee bit. Well, he's had his moments this season, Carl. And we've been on here saying that he, he needs a win, you know, for his own safety and in, in, in the position he's in. You know, he's been under real pressure because as ever at Dens, I mean, any defeat in the championship is is unacceptable. Bar obviously against the likes of of Hearts. That's be that's what it's looked upon by Dundee fans. Certainly, I, mean, I don't think the owners yeah. will look upon it that way. But when you're when you're running into runs of sort of two and three defeats on the bounce. And Dundee have been in that position a couple of times this season when the performances have been absolutely rank rotten, you know, and, and they've been they've been so poor, and you're you're wondering where they're actually going. He does seem to have turned it around, and I think there's a couple of things in that. I think he's he's made the change with the goalkeeper, which no disrespect to Jack Hamilton, but Adam Legsons is coming in, and they look a lot more confident at the back. And I think that that's, that's borne out in the statistics. I think they've had now three clean sheets in maybe five games or something like that. But just in general. They look, they look pretty solid in there. The introduction of Paul McMahon from Dundee United has been, you know, fantastic. You know, I mean, I, I don't have, you know, his sort of stats in front of me, but he's he's getting assists almost every game now and, and just looks a real handful. He's getting Dundee up the park in positions where they never got up the park before. And it's all coming good at the right time. As I say, the championship, I mean, it is a curtailed. It's, it's, it's not quite a three-mile 
it's not the Grand National this season. It's more of a, a sort of, you know, a, a one and a half mile. It's a derby or whatever it is they call it. You know, it's it's uh, it's a bit quicker curtailed this season. But Dundee seem to be timing timing the run quite well here, and hopefully, the the form they must be certainly confident. The confidence is there, and that's that's a great thing to have. Um, they're keeping it tight to the back. They're, they're scoring goals, and I know you've said that you know there there are tough games coming up, and it's quite a tough running. But it's not for Dundee. If they can get the, the result on Saturday, the games against Dunfermline and Inverness won't be must-win games. There'll be games just don't lose. Yeah, I mean, Inver- they're, they're in the driving seat. I mean, yeah. Inverness and Dunfermline will have to go into those games yeah. looking to win. And I think the fact that Dundee went down to air last night, a really tough away game, yeah. and, and won comfortably, having um, you know like uh, three of their five games left until the end of the season on the road isn't going to phase them. No. Even though, yeah, Inverness is a long trip, Queen of the South is a long trip, Dunfermline's a tough game. They've, they've proven um, they can go to places that are hard, that are far away, like air, and get results. Yeah, it does. It does. And, you know, you look at you look at Saturday's card, you know, Dunfermline are, are at air. I would expect air to improve. Air, and the, air are obviously battling now in the mire with, with Morton there, you know, and they'll be looking. They, they need something from that game. Inverness, for all they're doing well, they need to go down and play Queen of the South on the plastic at Dumfries. So, so if Dundee can get the win on Saturday, and you you know you never want to count your chickens, you know, for the hottest sort of thing, but if they can get the win on Saturday, come tea time Saturday night, they could be in a really really healthy position. Yeah, it's starting to become a bit more apparent what teams are fighting for because for a while it was so tight um, in the championship. You're starting to see a wee sort of split where you know Morton are down there, Arbroath, Air United are down there, uh-huh. and everyone else above that are sort of contesting with with Dundee and Wraith Rovers, who are the front runners for for finishing second so no it's promising to be a very interesting end to the the second tier season um for Dundee on the injury front uh got a wee update here for you as well um Lee Ashcroft was obviously okay uh, he played um against Aaron on Tuesday night Alex Jakubiak and Jordan McGee are back in training which is a huge boost to have players of that quality coming back Osman South's been struggling with a hamstring a little bit but um hopefully he's on the way back from Robertson's had surgery and Jack Hamilton is out for the season with a hand injury. Um, Bear Jakubiak's a big one there in that list. Jordan McGee as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, good timing. It all seems to be coming together at a good time for Dundee. There's that feeling, isn't there? It's strange. You're right, Callum. It's strange how everything seems to be positive at the moment. <laughs> it's a bad omen. <laughs> I know. When things, but but th- it's amazing how when things are going poorly, you're, you've got players who are going to be out for, you know, and you didn't see any sign of them coming back. But suddenly, you know, I, I was good to see. I noticed on Saturday against St. Johnson, as soon as Ashcroft, you obviously signalled you had a wee problem. They just whipped him off straight away. Far too important a player. Yeah. You know, for him to soldier on in a cup tie. Um, Alex Jakubiak, we've still seen Alex Jakubiak in a Dundee shirt, really. I mean, he's he's hardly kicked a ball. Mm-hmm. But James McPake rates him incredibly highly. But whether we see the best of him uh, before the end of the season remains to be seen. I mean, obviously, he needs to get his fitness up. To, he needs to get up to speed match and matches. But he could come in and do a turn. There's still... You know, you could still play a part in, in these games to come. Hopefully, they'll be involved in the playoffs. So, there could be quite a few games still to go. Um, Jordan McGee, we all know what he can do. McGee's big problem is how does he get himself back into the team? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a queue there waiting to get into, the, in, into, the, into that starting lineup. And in front of them, you've got guys like Charlie Adam and uh, Sean Byrne, who didn't get uh, a starting jersey. So. Max Anderson and Paul McGowan are playing out their skin. So, you know, yeah. it's hard to get rid of them. But it's, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, 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 all, it's all quite good. And we're a bit concerned about Osmond South still. And I don't want to see him being out for too long because. Um, I think initially when Dundee signed Osmond South, he looked as though he, you know he was just hopeless. But that was that was down, that was just down to the fact he wasn't a fit, Carl. Yeah, his fitness has always been a problem it's, for you know. Osmond. And I, once yeah. he got himself a run of games and got himself fit, he, he proved himself a right handful. He started getting goals, and he looked like he could do a job. Now, hopefully, this well, he's got a hamstring problem. It's nothing too serious, and he can get himself back in because. I still think that we need a wee bit more. I thought last night, first half, that Danny Mullen and, and Jason Cummings could have done a wee bit more. I was a wee bit disappointed with the two of them. There wasn't really much sticking up there. So, Osmond still gives you another option, yeah. put it like that. And hopefully, with Jakubiak, obviously, on the fringes as well, you know, that's even better. But obviously, you've got Jonathan Afalabi, who came in and did a, did a turn last night. So, he's put himself into the picture. But I'd, I'd like to see Osmond back in again. No, there's definitely a squad there. And I think just before we move on, I was going to say earlier about the, the moment sort of passed. But, Jonathan Afalabi, you mentioned obviously he's maybe been struggling for goals recently and um, you know that that one um, on Tuesday night was his first in a while but mm-hmm. um, for all he's had to go through off the park with yeah. the, the racist abuse that was levelled at him um, you know it's credit to him that he's bounced back and it's good to see him. I really, when I saw his name on the score sheet um, popping up on 
on Twitter last night following the game. I was I was delighted that, that he was able to come on and have that impact because he's maybe not had a good run in the team mm-hmm. since um, the off-field, uh, horrific off-field scenes, uh, things he's had to deal with. So it's um, good to see him back, good to see him scoring. Dundee doing well. Uh, it can't last, surely. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's, all too, it's all too positive. But um, yep, the Dark Blues roll on to Martin on Saturday. Um, and yeah, we're going to go and have a look at what Dundee United are going to be doing this week and we look back at their Scottish Cup tie. Yes, Dundee United uh, beat Partick Thistle 2-1 in the third round of the Cup last weekend at Tanadice. Uh Left it a little bit late, it has to be said, um, with goals from Lawrence Shankland and Nicky Clark cancelling out a first-half opener from Scott Tiffany. Dodgy, what was your assessment of that game? It was maybe a wee bit of a controversial winner from from Nicky Clark in the end with a with a foul on Mohamed Niang. It was a foul. <laughs> there you go. You're, it was a foul. You're defending your uh, Pollock <laughs> comrade there, I see. Ah, defending my mate, yeah. No, it was, it was a foul. But, I mean, I think I've seen a few people obviously obviously complaining uh, that the, maybe defending from set pieces was, was a bit of an issue for them. And uh, I think, obviously, Partick Thistle had their, their anniversary of I think it was like 120 years since they won the cup or something like that. Yeah, uh, and I think that had them up for it for this for, well for the Scottish Cup campaign, especially this year. I think they would have been up for it to try and maybe go for a run and mark the anniversary off quite well. And uh, I think, well, yeah, they did. I think they did kind of startle United in the first half, and then I think the the evidence of United having not been stopped for eight weeks started coming in because obviously Thistle have had to play. But four games a week the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think fitness probably told. Obviously, a bit of class and quality as well. But, but fitness certainly. Yeah, you're and right. Told and I mean, a, a positive for a positive for United is surely that you had both Nicky Clark and Lawrence Shankland on the score sheet for the first time in however long as well. Yeah, definitely. I think goals have been a big problem this season, Bear, haven't they, for United? And it's good to see in a way that, albeit against lower league opposition, and, and you know the, the latter in controversial fashion, to see Shankland and Clark in amongst the goals again. A controversial fashion, right? I mean, Stephen McLean, he obviously got told by somebody you had to be home at a certain time for his tea or whatever, you know, because the game wasn't going to extra time, was it? I mean, how he missed that, that push by Clark, I'll never know. And if he, obviously the stand-side assistant as well missed it, you know, but it was so blatant, it was, you know, it was frightening. No wonder, no wonder Ian McCall was going, going sort of total at the end of the game. <laughs> but, uh, Nah, I mean, the great thing is for Dungeon, they got through again. That's the main thing. We spoke about St. Johnston, Dundee. St. Johnston, you know, probably didn't have the best of the game, but they get themselves into the heart for the next round. And that is, that's far and away the most important thing. Shanklin beyond the score sheet as a bonus. He does what, he does what Shanklin does. He's like any good striker. As everybody's stopping, he's on the move. Yeah. He's on the move in the box. And, and, you know, he's like a flash. If he gets a chance in there, it's in the back of the net. And Nicky Clark has, has been fantastic for Dundee United this season. Though there's been there's been sort of a big period where he hasn't been on the, on the, on the score sheet. But he has been in and out of the team, I would say, which hasn't been sort of, that's not his fault, obviously. It's a manager that makes a choice on that one. But uh, for a while, Nicky Clark was carrying Dundee United with his goals earlier in the season. So... I'll be delighted. Hopefully, that, that, that's a tour I'm, you know, on, on a wee bit of a run now between now and the end of the season. And they're in the next round. And, you know, when when the Scottish Cup kicks off, I think they're looking at, what is it, five games? I mean, uh, there's no replays this season, so five games to, to, to win the Cup. So now United have got four for in the next round. You would expect them to get by that one. And then suddenly they're down to three games to win the Cup. You know, so, and it, yeah, it's no, great. It's, it's great. It's yeah, I mean, them. you've got Celtic drawn against Rangers as well, which is a big plus, not just for United, let's be honest, it's for, for everyone who's who's still in there. You know, it's, it's always good to see one of the old firm teams going out, you know, so it gives, it gives everyone a real sort of chance and everybody will be looking at that. And also I would say it's, it's good for United, it's good for Mickey Mellon because it'll give his team added motivation, I think, going into the, into the split fixtures, knowing that, you know, they've still got the cup in the background there and, and they could go, you know, there could be, a you know, a Hamden out in here if they, if they, if they get, get the right draw. They were a wee bit off that. I'm not going to sort of jump too far ahead because yeah. they've obviously got to get no, past right. four. Of them. But, but they'll, they'll be looking at that. But that adds to the players going, well, I'm not going to down tools just yet. I know United Absolutely. are in the tools. You know, Absolutely. Let's, let's get, let's get, I'm going to try and get, keep my place in this team right through the end of the season. And that, that's a great thing for Mickey, Mickey Mellon to have. No, you're right. I think that there is... 
you know, there's, 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 there's a chance they could have maybe taken the foot off the gas a wee bit and just sort of seen out the bottom six yep. games. What have they really got left to play for? Yeah, of course, they want to finish as high in the table as they can. They're going for seventh. The financial rewards that come with that, pride, winning games, you know, scoring goals, personal aims. Shankland wants to do well to get back into the Scotland squad, etc. But having that silverware hanging in front of you as a carrot mm-hmm. is massive. And I think they've proven that both can exist hand in hand, going for a cup and, and trying to um, see out the, the league campaign strongly with, with five games to go um, post-split. I think you mentioned an interesting point there about St Johnston and just sort of getting the job done, using their experience. That bodes well in a way for United that, yeah, they had a really poor first half. It's probably one of the, the poorest displays we've seen from United under Mickey Mellon, but they also showed some of the good characteristics that he's instilled in that squad and the grit, determination, character to keep going right till the end. And I don't think a Dundee United team would have won that game. Um, you know, a couple of seasons ago. Um, but now you're seeing a, a team totally different and that's partly due to what Robbie Nielsen done and getting them promoted and whatever else. But Mickey Mellon's continued that good work and you see them come back. It was controversial in the end, but, you know, that's down to a refereeing error. You know, United have got to play the game and, and, and they did that and got through and, like you say, for in the next round. It's a fantastic opportunity. It's a Friday night game. It's on, it's on the telly. It's on BBC Scotland. So um, it's a great stage to be playing on. Um Aberdeen or Livy in the quarters. Um, who knows? You know, they could go on, have a good cup run, could lead to European football. If they go on and win it, you know, that would be um that would be fantastic. But but certainly um that they can they can exist in hand in hand. The the thing is you see Aberdeen or Livy in, in the next in the next round now normally most United fans would be going, Well, uh, I hope it's Livy managed to see off Aberdeen, but <laughs> The way things are going this season, you're not sure who you would really want in the next round, you know, albeit you've still got to get by four for a bit, you'd expect yeah, no, to I do that. But, but I, I, I think you it's, would. Yeah, it's, it, Aberdeen have been struggling, haven't they? Really, I mean, was it two goals in 11 games or something like that? So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, and, and that's a great thing for United. Whoever the, it is, whether it's Aberdeen or Livy, they've got a real chance. They've got a real chance of progressing. Like you say, they've got to get past four for first, of course, the... They are struggling in League One, but you know, if United have, have, have proven last weekend, then um, just because the team plays in League One doesn't mean they're, they're <laughs> going to be swatted aside easily. So um, that'll be an interesting one. Um, that's a week on Friday, 16th of April at Station Park. So that'll be a good one to watch. Tune in for that, certainly. Um, before that, on Saturday, Dundee United go away to Hamilton for the third time this season. They're going to go and enjoy the luxurious surroundings of New Douglas Park, Dodsey. Um, You've got all the choices of, of supermarkets you want in that retail park where the stadium's based. Um, I'm looking forward to my trip personally, I have to say. Um, but it's a good fixture to kick off um, their bottom six campaign. Hamilton, plenty to play for, sitting in the basement. But United have got to go in there and make sure they they do a, do a good job and, and keep the foot on the gas and, and try and get the three points. Yeah, you must. You sounded really delighted to be going to Hamilton, mate. Oh, I can't wait, mate. <laughs> you sounded, you sounded, you sounded, you sounded so happy about that. Um, <laughs> be a really happy hunting ground for for uh, St. Man the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, no, uh, we we did okay in the cup. It's just a shame we couldn't do that in the league. But uh, no, hopefully United can do can do the job down there. It's um, it's a game they're going to be fired up for Hamilton, certainly. Oh, definitely. Uh, well, I don't know if you've seen it this morning. Or the first choice keeper uh, slipped in the ice on Monday outside his house and he's he's looking as if he's going to be out for the season so their injury woes have most definitely continued um, wow, yeah. so that'll be a positive for, for Mickey Mellon and co uh, but I mean it's probably one of the toughest ones to, it's probably one of the toughest fixtures you could get to start off a split because this is usually when Hamilton start to hit a bit of form and and, and work their way to safety isn't it like typically um, so I mean if you start off a split with a with a decent result down there, I think, uh, I think Dundee United could be could be easily challenging for for seventh place anyway. Yeah, they like motoring back to try and make up tenth spot, don't they? Uh, Hamilton, they're, they're, they're specialists at it, bear. Oh yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think the good thing is, from a Dundee United perspective, is Dundee United aren't involved in in any sort of relegation issues. I've been down there with Dundee when Dundee have been right in the, you know, in the mix in the drop zone and uh, yeah, i been turned over at Hamilton in, in, in the final six games, or, or you just don't get a result when you. We were on top, I think, a, a few seasons back and won nothing up, and, and Hamilton grabbed. That was a desperately late equaliser, but you know, in, in the end, it cost Dundee because we ended up not because of that game, but you know, you know what I'm saying. But instead of three yeah. points, it was one point. But yeah, Chris is right. I mean, you're ex- everybody. If you're, if you're a betting man, um, 
you know, you start looking. This is the sort of time of the season you start looking at Hamilton on the Cooper and you start going, well, you know, no, I mean, regardless of who they're playing this week, this is when Hamilton start picking up, you know, strange yeah. wins, and you go, yeah, I'll take that, I'll take them. And yeah, I think Hamilton will get out of it. I, I, I really do. Um, whether it's, uh, I've got to say, I also think Kilmarnock will, will get their, themselves out of it as well. You know, under Tommy Wright, so. I'm sticking with my sort of pre-season sort of tip that it will be Ross County that will be Ross relegated. County for the drop that you heard it here first Don't, don't the tell John Hughes where I live, Callum, please. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a scary <laughs> chap. Um, do you think, Bear, we've spoken about this a few times on the podcast over the, over the season, do you think we'll see a different United now that the pressure's off, relegation is, is pretty much off the table? It's not mathematically off the table, but, you know, th- there is good to safe. Do you think they'll open up a little bit? Do you think Mickey Mellon will tweak it a wee bit, try and get those attackers involved in the game? I'd like to think so, Carl. I mean, um, but I just, you just don't know if Mickey's going to going to change it. I mean, uh, yeah, it's not for the lack of playing attacking players on the pitch because he's, you know, he gets he does get his attackers on on the pitch. He's got McNulty on the pitch. He's got Shankland on the pitch on a regular basis. But the, the big problem is in midfield. They just don't get players getting up there to support quick enough. So inevitably, you're left with instead of having, you know, when a ball comes into the box, instead of having four and maybe five men in the box. They've still only got two or three, you know, or one man wide and, and, and a couple in the middle. And, you know, when, inevitably when the ball falls, it falls to an opposition player. And, you know, they have been struggling that way um, this season. And mm. I think it's a personnel. I, you know, I think they do lack a bit of creativity in, in, the, in the middle of that park. You know, maybe that's something they'll look to address in the, in the close season. But um, I, I don't see Mickey Mellon changing his ways any anytime soon um, in, in terms of, you know, going gung ho or anything like that. So, no, I, I I think it'll be an interesting one. It may depend on how how Aki's approach it. Aki's are need to go for a win, so that may that may play into United's favour. You know, there may be a bit more space in behind the Aki's Aki's defence for, for for guys to get up the wide areas and get get forward. But uh, for United, United to sort of get more men into the box, I think he needs a sort of a change of personnel, shall we say, because it's, it just hasn't happened all season. I don't see it happening in the last five games. No, they're the, the joint lowest scorers on the road um, this season. Dundee United have only got 10 goals um, in 16 games away from home. So it's um, it is definitely a problem area, scoring goals, but also uh, away from Tanadice, certainly. But I think you look back at their game, you know, dis- discounting the, the cup game, looking back at their last league game against Aberdeen, that goal that Adrian Spoiler does get, it's a well-worked team goal. You see the link mm-hmm. up between the midfield and the strikers. Um, you know, they've, they've got the quality. It's just knitting it together in that, in that, in that system that he likes to play where, where it is quite defensive and it is a back five at times and using the wing backs to get up the pitch. Um, but they do have the quality players there. And I think, Bear, we spoke about this last week when you were away, but Adrian Sporla seems to be mm-hmm. a key man for them at the moment. He's he's really taking his chance in the team and, yeah. and pressing. Well, he was involved again, I think, in, in the in the equaliser on, on Saturday against yeah. Partick, I think. I think it was his ball that came across and eventually fell to uh, Shankland. Um, and he looks one... Who, who does get into the box, you know, from from starting. I, mean, I thought initially he was a fullback. Was that not where he sort of came in and, and, and <laughs> I think, started I think off? that's how he was signed. I think when, yeah. when he was brought in under, under Robbie, he was, you know, he was a left back and he's just sort of gradually worked his way up the pitch and he's almost playing as like a second striker behind um, Shankland or Clark or whoever it is. So um, he certainly made a difference. Yeah, well, that's that's what that's what they need. They need a bit more of that, you know. For not just not just from him. They need they need sort of more of the midfielders breaking forward and and, and getting into the box or getting down the wide areas uh, to, to certainly assist the forwards. And that's been has been United's sort of problem all season, you know. Get, I mean, we were talking about Lawrence Shankland and uh, uh, but even you know Mark McNulty, you know, it's just he's expressed it in the press how frustrated he is at the yeah. lack of opportunities you know that, that have come his way you know they, they spend a lot of their time doing their best work 20 yards outside the box and for a striker that's nowhere they want to be you want no. to be inside that six yard area you know absolutely not um, Tedros midfielder Peter Pollitt has been linked with a move to St Johnston um, he's out of contract in the summer so whether he's a summer target for the Saints or he's going to go on a pre-contract we don't know if there's even been any contact between the clubs at this stage, but it's certainly some interest there from from the Perth side in Pollitt. Um, Dodgy, is that, is that maybe a strange one to you, or, or or do you think that's a move that could be beneficial for for club and player? I think that's a I think that's a great move to be honest. If it's, if, it's, if there is any truth in it, um, yeah. St Johnston do seem to have this reputation of reviving guys like that who maybe coming towards the end of their career, Bryson Conway, and giving them a chance to to play. Exactly, and those guys can link up as well. And like stereotypically, uh, 
St Johnston maybe didn't play the best football to watch and now you're bringing in guys like this it kind of helps transition that because uh, I know uh, your, some of your colleagues are, are, are will, will, will rave about guys like Ali McCann and stuff like that but if you've got guys like Craig Conway and uh, Peter Pollock coming in and he can he can rub shoulders with these type of characters it can really help bring him on as well and yeah. I, think, I think Peter Pollock's actually probably one of the better number He's a, he's a number eight, really, isn't he? Yeah. He, he's more of a box to box, but his final, I, I, I remember, I remember watching Peter Pollock when he was up at Aberdeen, and he was, he was, he was one of the, he was one of the more underappreciated midfielders in the league. I thought. Well, he was a guy that was, you know, he got called up for Scotland. I don't think he ever got a cap, but he was called up for Scotland. You know, he was, he was a kind of exciting winger as a young player, and he's certainly not the same player he was at Aberdeen. You know, he's been sort of on the fringes for United, but I think when he's came in this season, Barry, he's made a wee difference. Do you think United fans will see yeah. this as a loss or? more no, so now than they I, would have at the start of the season I don't think they've seen the best uh, Peter Paul you know I, Peter Paul is one of these frustrating players he, he comes in and he does something really well and he has a really good game then you go on the next week and he'll do you know, he doesn't do anything you know and it's, it's it, that's this is when a, a good manager it's known when to play Peter Paul that's, he's one of these guys when do you play him when do you give him his run of two or three games when do you get him out of the team it's it's you know, it's one of these ones. And Pierre Paul, had a, I'm sure he had a short spell at St Johnston, I think, uh, on loan. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, way back. So he, he knows the club. So I think he, he's only Pierre Paul. I mean, no, he's, he's not quite coming in. I think he's about 30, Pierre Paul. Is he, is That's he, the thing. I feel like he's been around for a long time. Yeah, he has. Because he started off so young up at, up at Aberdeen. 20 miles in the tank. So Yeah, so yeah, he could be one of these guys who, St. John, as uh, Chrissy says, St Johnston are, are masters at, at, at doing this, you know, getting guys who a lot of people might think are on the. The final stretch and and getting a turnout with them, um, so it's an interesting one. But I noticed the clubs have stepped back from it a wee bit. So you just wonder if there's a wee yeah. if there's a wee agent at play here trying to get Peter Paul a contract somewhere, yeah, or maybe which, trying uh, to get an extension at United. Yes, I mean, kind of absolutely. Saw that yeah, in the season with uh, Nicky Clark yeah. in the yeah, the yeah move, absolutely. So. But uh, I, no, I don't. Have you went? I don't think Dundee United. I mean, I don't think he's done badly for Dundee United. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think Dundee United fans would be overly concerned as long as obviously they were able to bring in someone else well that's that the big elk. caveat yes. isn't it yes. it's dependent on if they can bring yes. someone of better that's quality it. than that then no problem but um, I think he's you know there was a the wee spell there where they were struggling that they brought him into the team and he actually kind of seemed to sort things Don't out a wee bit yeah. yeah connected things in the middle of the park which is like we were saying before it's a it's an area of the pitch they've really struggled guys like Butch and Fuchs aren't going to do that Ian Harks has kind of done it on and off Paul looks like the one who's more naturally capable of doing that so um, you know it could be could be a very good player for St Johnston certainly uh, Callum Davidson and, and previously Tommy Wright they've not really made many bad signings so um, it'll be interesting if that one um, goes through one final bit of business at Tannadice before we move on to round up the show um, the DUSF Bear they've raised another £12,500 for the club um, that's a total of £82,500 raised so far they're aiming to get to hundred grand by the end of the month um, goes without saying, you know, what an effort from fans once more to, to go and support the football club. Yeah, quite staggering. Hats off. Hats off them. First for raising it and, and, and secondly for handing it over to the club because we know, we've, we've known from previous experience that, you know, a lot of these sort of <laughs> yeah. uh, groups will raise cash, but they're reluctant to, to give over and rightly so. You and know, it's, it's not long that those two groups yeah. are sort of feuding as well and they've, they've right. seemed to have came That's right. And that, that's that's great news and, and uh, has been a, a fantastic help for Dundee United in these unprecedented times. You know anything anything that can boost the, the club's coffers during this um, period is, is great. And uh, you know you can only you can only sort of take your hat off to the guys who. I mean, obviously there are, are lots of people involved in, in, in the members of this organisation, but the people right at the top who who give up their time. You know you forget about that. These guys are you know they're, they're unpaid unpaid members you know but they, they, they take on the sort of running of the organisation and, and you know they make sure that all the members know what's going on and, and they drive they drive the sort of support for the club and uh, a lot of clubs would be in a difficult place without them and, and, and Dungeon United are fortunate to have them Okay moving on we're going to discuss an issue affecting supporters across the country Yes of course we are talking about Euro 2020 in the summer. Scotland fans will be itching to go to the games. Uh, our first tournament for, you know, over, over 20, 22, 23 years by the time the, the, the Euros come about. Games will be in Glasgow. There'll be games in London in the group. So if we can make it out the group, um, you know, beyond that, there'll be 
they'll be maybe maybe going abroad for for games out with the UK. All depending on the the coronavirus, of course. Plans have been submitted as to how we're going to get fans into Hamden. The blueprints are sort of rumoured to be, you know, around ten to to fifteen thousand people attending there. Um, it would be obviously fantastic to get fans at the games. Uh, can you see it happening on on the current roadmap that we're on? Bear in mind that this tournament is only really, you know, two months away now. It's yeah. it's June that this is this yeah. is taking place. Yeah, I mean, well, I do see it on the current roadmap, but the problem is, that, as we've seen in the past, this roadmap can sometimes, you know, can hit the buffers. Yeah, hit the buffers, you know, <laughs> somewhere down, down the line. And, uh, you know, it'd be fantastic to see. Yeah, I mean, you'd love to see Hamden Park absolutely mobbed for these games. You know, not just for Scotland's chances, but for the spectacle it creates for, you know, these games will be beamed around Europe and around the world. So just, you know what sort of show you know, the Scotland fans can put on and, and it would be fantastic to see Hamden absolutely jam-packed. But I suppose if you're looking at 10,000 would be a start, 15,000 would be a start and just to have that back in there would be great. I think the big problem you're going to have in Glasgow is um, I, I don't know if, if, if they're planning on doing this in, in Glasgow. Maybe you can enlighten me on this, but if you're going to have fan areas within the city and the games will be beamed on, uh, and, and and fans will be allowed to gather. I know certainly I've got a few friends who are, are hoping to head down to Wembley who don't have tickets for the game against England, but they are going to get there are fan areas going to be set aside down in England, and uh, you can see them being absolutely jam packed as well. Yeah, I think UEFA are what they're doing is they're getting the whole cities of of you know every every stadium and. Uh, and say to, to sort of submit their plans for for the tournament in the summer, so that'll all be covered under it. I'm sure fan zones and how they're going to yeah. stop people from maybe congregating too much outside the stadiums and doing it safely in city centres or in big parks or whatever they're going to do it. Um, it will be it'll be certainly interesting, and hopefully they can pull it off and, and Hamden can have these games with some fans in attendance. You know, albeit socially distanced. Um, we play Croatia and the Czech Republic there in our group and. And those two, the, the Croats and the Czechs, will play each other at Hamden as well. So these are these are massive games, not just for us, but for for other nations as well, and for football fans who are interested to go and watch Croatia play the Czech Republic, for example. Um, Dodzy will be will be, will be, will be absolutely gagging for tournament football for a long time, and the fact that it's going to be held in their own backyard, you'd you'd, you'd be gutted if there was no fans there. Oh mate, obviously, like it's. Not to make you feel old, but this is the first time Scotland have qualified for a tournament in my lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> like I wasn't even thought, I wasn't even thought about the last time Scotland qualified for a tournament. So uh, the fact were you, that, were you even were you even thought about in the first place now when you were conceived? No, I don't think so, mate. No, I really don't think so. That's a bit harsh, girl. That's a bit harsh. Sorry, uh, carry on, no, young man. No, it's, it's sound. Uh, I, no, I, I think if uh, I certainly think after events of recent weeks, it'll certainly be an interesting dynamic to uh, certainly the if fans are in for Croatia v the Czechs I think especially aimed towards said player who goes by the name of Cadella I think that'll be ah, a very interesting yeah. dynamic towards him yeah. but um, just the fact there's actually something to look forward to in, th- in that sense like Scotland might only be there once but there's other games there I can remember for the, the Commonwealth Games in 2014 yep yeah uh, and the Commonwealth Games like I get it was like through the SFA schools thing, like they, they were dishing out free tickets for the the women's football at Hamden, and it was brought. No, it was World. It was the Olympics twenty twelve. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, they were dishing out free tickets for the women's football at Hamden, and it was two three games they played in the one night, and it was brilliant. Like t- total party atmosphere and stuff like that. And if that's just for the Olympics, imagine what it's going to be like for for a, for an actual for a, for a, for an actual football tournament in the west of Scotland where, yeah. where, where football does just, just run rife and is usually the main topic of conversation it's, I think it's if it can be done safely and it can be done like, and, it, and there's evidence there that it can be done safely I think it'll be I think it'll be fantastic and, and like Bear said with, with people going down to London like you you best believe I'm going down to London I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I, I will walk if I have to I'll be That's there the with bells on people will go regardless you know to Hamden to, to Glasgow, to London, to Wembley, and sort of congregate. They've just got to make sure it's done in a way that's safe. Of course, people are, I don't think anyone's expecting to see full stadiums. Um, absolutely not. There's no expectation of that. But they just got to make sure it's done in a, the safest possible manner. Um, you see some sort of horror images. I mean, I think it was a baseball game in, in Texas, like Texas Rangers, I think they're called, had 40,000 at the game just the other day. Um, 
no Rangers match, and no, big no crowds, what a shock that is. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. Like it's you know you're asking you're, for yeah, trouble. Yeah, that I mean that could be a, that could be a bigger issue actually. Come, you could have ten thousand in Hamden and a hundred thousand in George Square trying to watch a wee TV screen. Like, you know, <laughs> I know. everybody's squashed in. So that that could be a bigger one for the government to to sort out, and hopefully they'll they'll be able to sort things out sensibly and get the parks and everything sort of you know everybody going and doing it in a proper manner, but. Yeah, it's just something, as, as Dodgy says, it's something great to look forward to over, over the summer months. Absolutely. Um, that's all on the horizon, but that's just about all we've got time for this week. Um, thanks again to, to Bear coming back. Um, the weather's been a bit mental, hasn't it, Bear, to be fair? I've just, yes. We didn't yes, have this never, at the top you never, of the show. No, but you, did, you didn't geez, ask oh. me about, about the weather. I mean, um, and, you know, anybody who thought summer was here, uh, obviously, <laughs> I've had a, had a change of plan. Right. As, as, my, as my old granny used to say, near cast the clout till May is out. And she was yep. right, because it's been absolutely <laughs> Baltic this week. So, um, yeah, you'll, you'll not see me in a pair of flip-flops and shorts at any time soon. Mind no. you, you wouldn't see me in a pair of flip-flops and shorts anyway, to be honest with you, it's a terrible look. I usually, uh, I thought this last time I saw you at the Riverside Tesco picking up your tenants, that's oh, what you were wearing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair. But no, I had my mask on though. Four seasons, ah, you did, aye. Four seasons in one day, so um, <laughs> if you're out there, enjoy it, stay safe, and uh, Young Dodgy, we'll see you at Dens on, on Saturday, I'm sure. Yeah, no, you will do, mate. Looking forward to it, and hopefully it's not a... Hopefully it's not another hammering, please. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you for, for having me on again. It's been it feels as if it's been what all of five days this time instead of yeah. the short turnaround last time. I know, I know. It's um, you're becoming a regular. But uh, no, we've had enough of you, and I'm sure you've all had enough of listening to us. So we'll see you next week. Goodbye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>